I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional. an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet. Who knew pictures would play such an important role in our day-to-day lives as pet care professionals? Clients expect great ones, and we like to provide them, too. I've probably taken more pictures of other people's pets over the past 10 years than literally anything else. This week, pet photographer Jenna Regan joins us to talk about all things photo, from staying organized to what makes a great photo and everything in between. So regardless of whether you have a DSLR or just the camera in your phone, we can all step up our game when it comes to taking photos. Jenna has a lot of information and knowledge and experience to share, and I can't wait to share this episode with you. So let's get to it. So uh, Jenna, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. So my name is Jenna Regan. I'm a professional pet photographer, and I specialize in capturing people and their pets. So that's an everyday full-time thing for me with my clients and, and their pets. Wow. How'd you get started with that? Well, it's kind of a roundabout thing for me, to be honest. Um, I've, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate of just, you know, growing up with animals and loving all sorts of animals and being the person that's surrounded by them in some way all the time. And um, after I graduated from Texas A&M, I had a, a degree in agricultural communications and journalism. And that very last semester, I took one photography class and mm. um, I did a whole bunch of projects and they always centered around animals. Every time all my friends, all my contacts were, you know, somehow in the animal, um, you know, department in one way or another. And uh, I just started photographing. And after I left school, I had a brief pause and trying to decide where, which direction I was going to go. And I kind of somehow was inspired to jump in with um, photography primarily, but really with an animal emphasis. And it, it snowballed from there. And so, and how many years have you been doing it now? Um, it is, uh, let's see, year eight, I think. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's, lot, it's kind of scary. I'm like, you know, thinking out loud. Wow. It has gone by fast. Sure. All yeah. At once. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fast and slow days for sure. Uh, so, yeah. so, as, so as a photographer, I'm sure you have some favorite gear that you like to use. Um, what, what are you uh, using these days? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, at, It is an important part. I won't dismiss it by any means. Um, But I don't think gear is like the most important thing. You know, I think it's like Mm -hmm. how you use it. So I think, you know, anybody can take like good photos in different ways with with what they have. But for me, of course, it it makes sense, um, you know, to have professional gear. I use Canon DSLRs. um, Mm -hmm. And I I really don't think a lot of times I get questions like, well, what about what's the, you know, Canon versus Nikon and Sony and stuff like that. I don't really think that's, you know, the thing that to get hung up on, but it's just what I'm comfortable with and what I learned on. So that's what I just stick with. And I often get asked a lot about lenses too, um, because oftentimes that makes a difference, like having the removable lens to change, you know, for different focal lengths and distances and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a, you know, I bounce around depending on how I feel inspired, but you know, on the the subject matter and things, but often it's a longer focal length for me. So like 70 plus. Mm. Wow. And and that just, is that because you like to um, shoot from a little further away or you can really get a difference in the backgrounds um, when you're doing the photos? Both actually. Okay. And it just depends. But for me, I like the longer, longer focal lengths because it creates more compression. Mm. Um, in the backgrounds and I can usually minimize, you know, the distracting potentially depending on where we're at and what we're doing, but there could be like some distractions in the background, maybe cars or the distance or, 
um, if we're at a public park or maybe there's people, you know, maybe sometimes there's people in the background, I usually just edit them out in Photoshop, to be honest, but <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know, at least it makes them blurry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To start with. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that it's not really all about the equipment, but how you use it. So how would you define what makes a great picture? You know, it's so subjective. So I don't want to just like, you know, say my thoughts are, you know, the the only thing that's considerable for this topic. But me, I feel like for me, my like standards for myself and and when I complete a photo session and, you know, as I'm like going through and making sure I've got the right stuff to present to my clients, I feel like it has to show personality and really capture who that pet is. And so that's going to be different every time, but I want it to look like them and, you know, feel like a, feel a connection to the picture, you know, when I, you know, for my clients and for me spending that time with them, being able to look at that photo and be like, yeah, that's exactly how she was, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it, it comes down to showing uh, the soul and emotion in, in some way. So how much time do you typically spend with the, your clients before you actually start taking photos? Uh, and do you try and do you spend any time trying to get to know them beforehand so you can capture their personality? Yeah, that's a great question. I do. I actually spend a lot of time on this. Um, it's a huge part of of my process. Um, I do what I call portrait planning appointments with my clients, and sometimes that includes the pets. Um, sometimes not. It just depends because I have often you know depends if my clients want to come to me or they want me to come to them. Mm -hmm. Um, for logistics, but, um, it really involves just like getting a lot of backstory and just connecting with the, the, the clients and learning, you know, what, what they love most about their pets and the stories behind the years of their, you know, lives together. Um, so there's things that I learned that, you know, lead us kind of on a, a direction to go later on, or I feel like it gives me a good insight on what would make them ultimately like most happy in the end, by what Mm -hmm. they tell me. And, I ask a ton of questions and, um, people tell me so many things. There's often so many emotional elements. So, you know, the years of, of having pets, um, and, you know, sometimes they're older pets and, you know, and then sometimes we have the opposite where they're puppies, but, you know, they might've lost a pet and that comes back up to the, you know, the surface, um, yeah. as well. So just the backstories and connecting. And I think that's a major theme in my entire photography approach is connecting, you know, whether it's with people or animals. Yeah, I mean, that's that's such an integral part to that. If you're trying to capture their personality, if you don't know who they are, how, you know, how would you, somebody expect that to happen? So I, I it's it's amazing to hear all of that front end work that you're doing to get to those photos. So that the, the photo session is just that one time, but you're doing all this other stuff before them so that you can get the most out of that time you have with them. So after you get those photos and you're bringing them back and you're in your office, uh, do you have a philosophy when it comes to photo editing? You know, I don't know if I'd say philosophy, philosophy, but I, I don't like to, I don't like to like change things in a, you know, really distort reality way kind of way, but Mm -hmm. I like to like clean things up a lot. Um, so if we have, I mean, it's inevitable and this is part of, you know, the professional element of being a photographer, I wouldn't, it's not the easiest thing to do you know, in a general way, but for me, it, it just kind of has to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I'm doing things like cleaning up stray hairs, drool, um, leashes. Um, just like I said, if a person happens to walk through the very back of our shot, like I'm going to edit that person out later, you know, mm. hopefully I'm, with that longer focal length, I've blurred them. So it's not like a, a sharp person's, um, you know, added to this portrait. It's kind of more just a little bit of distraction, but I can take care of it. Sure. Um, 
Yeah. So I just feel like I don't like to do anything crazy drastic, but I do like to brighten eyes. I like to feel like things are clean. Um, mm. I like to have bright colors overall. Um, just my style of imagery is, I feel like pretty bright and um, sunny, warm, like, like feel, if, to me, it feels like you can almost be in that moment Yeah, you know, in a lot yeah. of ways. Do you, do you find yourself typically doing most photo shoots inside or outside? For me, it's up to my clients, which okay. way we go, but more of my clients request outdoors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's kind of your busiest season for photos? Well, to be honest, because I do this full time, I really run the same pace year round. Oh, really? okay. um, I, I pretty much take on the same amount of clients, but I will say, of course, the holiday season, as you uh, would kind of expect is busier yeah. because everybody has the same deadline. Yeah. I work on a, a more concise, uh, condensed timeline for, sure. for these clients. Yeah. Um, so after you took that class and you started working, is there anybody in the photography uh, field that has really, you felt like has influenced uh, your style and your way of taking photos? I think I would, ha- and I feel, you know, there's a lot of people that do it, but I think I always kind of lived in my own bubble for the longest time. Cause I wasn't trying to be a professional photographer. wasn't like, you know, really looking into the pet world. I thought I was, you know, I was just kind of doing my own thing initially. So I yeah. kind of wasn't affected too much at in the early stages. But, um, as I like went on with my development as a photographer and then as more so as an entrepreneur and business owner, um, I started learning more about like the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I've really identified with, um, the style of uh, a photographer named Jamie Piper. She has cowbell, cow um, media, I believe is what she calls it now. And, um, I just really like that her images are bright. There's a personality connection. It's not, not the same kind of or idea in every photo with just like different backgrounds or, you know, it's it's very, very diverse and very Mm. much shows like a moment in time Mm. to me. Yeah. I I, I like the idea of when photos, when you go to talk to a photographer and if they're showing you some of their portfolio, when they're not all the same, when you are able to see that it's not like a JC Penney's photo booth where (laughs) this is the three backgrounds we have. You can hold the box or you can hold the hat and we take our photos. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And there's like a place for everything, I'm sure. But this is, you know, just me. Like my thing is just making sure that it feels unique all the way around. Yeah. So, so after eight years, um, how, how has the industry of pet photography changed? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, I think it's becoming more, more known. I still have a lot of clients or a lot of interactions with people where they're like, oh, that's a thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I was um, buying some an excessive amount of dog toys today for um, some upcoming photo shoots and um, the cashier asked me if I got a new puppy (laughs) and I said no I'm uh, these are you know explained a little bit but she's like she just kind of looked at me like huh interesting like I could tell she was just like skeptical about that being a job or something sure yeah but (laughs) But it is like, I think it is becoming more popular or um, more, you know, I get a lot of referrals and I feel like it's being talked about more or, you know, shared more, I guess maybe with, uh, of course, we've had a a great like, you know, social media presence Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, but I don't know, maybe there's just more, more people out there sharing and talking and taking more photos themselves. Sure. Yeah, and that was kind of, I was interested in in, uh, trying to learn about how given that a lot of people are still learning that pet photography is a thing, um, how you get most of your business. And it sounds like it's 
it's mostly referrals from customer to customer. Yeah, I would say, you know, it, ver- it, it, it seems to ebb and flow in waves. You know, I do think mm. that like social media has a little bit of an impact, like my own, you know, our own accounts and what we put out there. Yeah. Um, the website, um, referrals, um, repeat that, you know, it's not, no, no, like greater compliment or, you know, um, excitement do I get like, um, you know, with clients coming in when it's a repeat, like how much more fun can it be to like see a pet or a client again and reconnect and do something different and, yeah, you know, maybe they have a new pet added to the family, that kind of thing. So, yeah. so it just kind of varies. No, that's cool. Oh, and I donate too for like do- charities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, so if um, if they're fundraisers and things like that, you offer a photography package, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, that's really neat. I I, I really like um, hearing when people um, are you know, give back to the community in that way um, and uh, provide those services to people and 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 try and you know build value and, and it also helps get your name out there too you know a little bit of advertising as well absolutely i totally agree with that and i've and it, it's a nice i mean we all have like hearts for animals so it is a really nice you know thing for you know to be able to to give back and know that it's helping a good cause and meet people who have those same interests because you know they're at these events or, mm-hmm. or what have you so we connect on that level and oftentimes they're rescue pets that i photographed as a result and Aww. just an all-around positive you know experience and great people yeah because you still want to be able to to help out in some way and we all have our skills and our gifts and talents and finding out where and how we can use those you know i'm i'm not a dog groomer nobody would want me to do groom their dog for part of a charity event um but you know (laughs) but you know so 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 no but we would gladly offer our services to care for an animal um as part of something like that so um knowing you know, where you can give back and how is, 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 is important. Absolutely. Have you heard about Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It helped us streamline many aspects of our operation from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, We actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software for your business, give Time to Pet a try. As a listener of Pet Sitter Confessional, you'll get 50% off your first three months when you sign up at timetopet.com slash confessional. So after, after looking back over the past eight years, do you have a favorite photo or special memory of a photo session? Let's see. I'll start with special memory because favorite photo is okay. a little harder. Um, so I... A couple of years ago, um, I thought I have a lot of, don't get me wrong. It's very hard to even like pick one, but I'm just oh, I'm going sure. with what comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I got to photograph a very, very sweet dog um, named Bessie. It was actually part of a charity project that I was doing for um, a, a rescue here that, that does a calendar every year, a Bassett rescue. Oh. And I was their, cal- their photographer for the year. I donated my services and I did 12 months plus the cover. And we had it spaced out over several months. and. Um, it, it was supposed to start like May or maybe it was like summertime. I think it was supposed to start in summer, but, um, I got a frantic call right after the event. And after these, they were all purchased and bid on, sorry if I'm making it sound a little more, um, <laughs> confusing, but basically everybody made these, I donated my time and then they were auctioned off and purchased. And yeah. one of the purchases, 
um, she didn't realize when the condition of her dog and she ended up having a dog that was in really poor health and we were down to the wire for, you know, looking like if the dog would be able to make the calendar, you know, mm. timeline wise. And so we expedited the photo session and, um, she, she was scheduled to, to be, unfortunately, they, you know, knew that her health problems and it was just in her best interest to, to not prolong it. So mm-hmm. it was really sad, but we photographed her a few days before and my client gave her like the most amazing, like last couple days of her life doing all these fun things. And one of them was my photo session. So Aww. it was just really cool. She was such a sweet dog. And, um, the very last picture I took was her like walking down this path. Um, and she turned back around and looked at me and we caught that moment oh. and it was so sad and yeah. so happy at the same time. <laughs> yeah. um, my client yeah. cried and I cried later when we, but like she picked that for the cover and she was the month of December and it was yeah, just okay. really like really sweet. And it was, you know, totally like achy for, you know, heartache here talking about it. But um, I just felt such a connection to that client and that dog. And I felt so good to like have made that happen for her because those pictures are, you know, on the top of her most treasured thing. So. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, this is, you know, one of, if not the most loved being in somebody's life, and you have the opportunity to come them, come in and give them a gift that's going to last the rest of their life, right? That, that, that photo was not just a one-time thing. It's going to be on the calendar. It's, you know, I'm sure that person looks at that every day and has fond memories of that. And, and I, I can, can't imagine what it's like to be able to, to give that to somebody knowing it's not just a photo, it's a memory. Yeah, it really is special in that way. It it definitely makes me feel fulfilled in what I'm doing when I can give that to people, even when it is hard for all of us, you know, when we're in those kind of moments. And then, you know, when they lose pets and, and I hear, I mean, a little part of me, you know, my heart breaks when I get those kind of updates. But, you know, I often get, you know, great, you know, but at the same time, get like so much positive feedback on how much the pictures mean and how glad they are that they did it and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So when you're when you're in there and you're you're taking the photos of the um, somebody's pets, do you find that um, it, they're they're leery of the camera and all the equipment? They can be absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, a lot of my stuff is 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 a lot bigger. You know, bigger cameras, bigger lenses, that kind of thing than they, than you know they've ever been around. Okay. Um, and um, my approach to that is always just to go slow. You know, I, mm. I try to tell my clients, you know, that we're not, um, for me, I've just kind of sum this up a little better. I've always approached it like we're not on a strict time schedule. You know, I don't tell my clients like, oh, we have 45 minutes and go, you know, yeah. or anything okay. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just take as long as we need. And I just keep in mind that like the beginning of a session to me influences how the rest of it's going to go. So mm. I would rather go, you know, real slow work through what any sort of kinks we find in, in, in this, you know, the, um, um, like the process for the dog or cat. If it's a cat, that's another thing too. They often are more leery Yeah, and just see what we can do to, to just calm them and calm my clients because oftentimes, you know, everybody feels the pressure of it being like the time to perform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially knowing, okay, we, I've, you know, I've paid for this, um, this service and, um, now make magic happen. And it, yeah. that doesn't always happen. <laughs> yes. That's a very good way to describe, <laughs> describe yeah. it. So yeah. yeah, I just go slow and I try to use positive reinforcement and, um, and I try to know what I'm getting into. That's part of the planning beforehand. You know, some pets are just going to take to it naturally because they just love, uh, you know, attention and 
mm-hmm. are not at all bothered and, and others I know that I'm you know, going to have to take a, a different approach. So, so how do you handle those, those difficult clients? Well, first off in my planning, I try to figure out if I have a difficult pet or not, okay. you know, and to me, it's not a bad thing if they are, I like love, you know, the challenge doesn't bother me. And as a professional, I feel like I can come up with a plan, but I kind of have to know, you know, a little bit like, you know, before uh-huh. that's the thing. So I try to really feel out the client and take any red, you know, any signals or red flags or anything that I might mention. Maybe they don't think they have a difficult pet, but I, you know, I'm wondering if it might be a little more challenging than they think. Sure. Um, yeah. That sometimes happens. And, um, and, you know, in the moment, um, well, I'll add another note to that. I, I base my locations too on the type of pet or like the personality of the pet for what would make the most sense okay. for, you know, a successful photo session. So if we have a highly anxious dog, I don't want to be at the most popular park on Saturday Jeez. afternoon. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we kind of strategically plan those those details before as well. But um, in the moment, I just try to, um, you know, use a lot of common sense with dogs and, you know, give them space, be on their level, go slow, um, use rewards, positive reinforcement, treats. And I, I tell my clients I'm not above bribery at all. It's going to happen with me. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so I try to, you know, just be, you know, as as quiet and gentle as possible. Yeah. And kind of just letting, letting the, letting the dog or the cat tell you when they're ready. And um, I'm sure you do a lot of reading body language and, and uh, kind of some animal handling in there too. Yes. All three. Very good points. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, hopefully by now, um, anybody listening to this would not think this, but I know many people do that think taking photos is just as easy as clicking a button. Um, and some, for some reason, those people are never satisfied with how their pictures turn out. Um, when should somebody seek out a professional versus trying to do it themselves? I would say if there's a challenging pet, you know, that, you know, rather than make it a traumatic event, maybe just bring a professional in from the beginning, you know. Mm. Um, I would also say if there's multiple pets or multiple species, you know, dogs and cats together or other animals, um, I think that, you know, the more you're adding just logically, the more challenging it's going to be. So, um, so if you have high aspirations, um, you know, for a a big group portrait, that's probably a job for for someone like me. Um, if, um, if, if it's, if it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for some reason, Mm. um, to me, if it's, and I do get a lot of clients on both ends of the spectrum like this, whether it's a brand new puppy or it's an end of life, you know, those moments are, are really precious usually, you know, to, yeah. to my clients. And, and if they feel like, you know, it's not going to be something they could ever, you know, redo if they're just experimenting and it doesn't work out, you know, no big deal. But mm-hmm. if it's, you know, if there are high stakes to it, it's probably best to have a professional. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, li- listening to you and thinking you know, about, all of the planning, all of the thought that goes into that, like that's not something that that I personally do when I take photos. And so when I, you know, you're talking through these scenarios of challenging pets, multiple animals, once in a lifetime, I, I don't have the capacity to do that kind of planning. So those are definitely when I would be reaching out to somebody to take photos of my pets mm-hmm. because I, I wouldn't want to mess those up. So what's been the most difficult part of being a pet photographer? You know, the I, you definitely have figured out I'm a planner. I like to have like everything sorted out as best I can. And then at the same time, I can, we can have this plan, my client and I, and then we can get there and 
you know, circumstances could be entirely different and today's a, a different day. And, um, <laughs> you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, mm-hmm. I just have to roll with it a lot. So I feel like I do well with this now, but I feel like potentially that would have, you know, once upon a time was more challenging to just adapt a little more. Um, because ultimately they're, you're working with animals and there's things you cannot control mother nature outdoors, you know, wind, sun, you know, clouds, um, active dogs, lazy dogs, dogs that don't care, dogs that want to do other things, cats that want to hide. All these things are, are bringing up good memories, but, um, it just, I think, you know, you have to be flexible and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people who just have pets in general get it, but as like it being my job, it's even harder because, you know, I have these expectations or these plans and I sometimes have to, to go with like what's possible. Sure. So what, so what motivates you to keep going through that, that those difficulties? Um, I guess part of it will, would be at this point, just the experience. And in my mind, I, I know that I always come up with something, you know, I always have an answer. I figure it out. It's, mm-hmm. You know, not that you ever see everything or know that you're ever done growing, but there's been a lot of, a lot of circumstances and, you know, reflecting back that, that we've overcome, um, to have, you know, great images in the end and, and people wouldn't know the backstory. Um, I guess that's a little bit of the benefit too, as far as, the end result, you know, nobody knows exactly what we had to go through to make that happen. Um, whether right. that's, whether it was easy or whether it was hard. I mean, in the end, and my clients, of course, have had a good time and I've reassured them and they're comfortable this, throughout this whole process. So they don't have any negative feelings or anything about it. But, um, you know, I have to be sure not to show it on my face and in my mannerisms and <laughs> animals pick up on all that. So it's yeah. just, uh, it's a delicate balance of, of being, um, responsible for a lot. And, um, you know, wanting to being, you know, very myself as like a high achiever perfectionist is sometimes a little, you know, have to kind of rein it in. Right. Balancing those personal expectations with the ultimate outcome of the entire product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And as long as we get something, you know, the clients are ultimately, you know, are going to be happy and, you know, we always come through one yeah. way or another. Yeah. I, I think the most frequent question that, that we get uh, is how do you get the pet to sit still? Oh, that's a good one. Um, well, like I said, bribery is a big thing, but, <laughs> and I, I always clear it, of course, with my clients, because you have to be sure of special diets or allergies or things like that. And mm-hmm. and we bring treats and my clients bring treats and, and stuff like that. And we do small portions and, you know, just kind of enough to keep them engaged as needed where, you know where we're reading the body language of what, what's a good idea and what's not for treats. But, um, but also dogs are motivated by different things, not always mm. food, um, you know, some, or, you know, cats to affection, um, uh, toys. Um, you know, there's different, like some dogs just love to like get a little break and go take in the smells and, mm-hmm. you know, stretch their legs and then they come back and they're, you know, ready for the next thing. But it's just kind of, you know, finding out what would be, a good rewarding and giving it as throughout the process. So let's say I figured out that reward. We've done some planning. Uh, and um, let's say that I even have a good DSLR or micro four thirds. Um, why are my pictures not still turning out the way I'd, I'd like them to be? Um, let's say hypothetically. Um, well, some things that I would, would look at is, are they completely in focus? Hmm. Um, you know, sometimes people, my clients leave and show me photos maybe they're taking themselves or different things throughout our process and, and say like, Oh, look at this is one of my favorites. And, and sometimes I can just tell that it's actually not in focus. It <laughs> looks halfway, but okay. you know, and so perhaps like a reason why that might happen could be because you're moving too fast, you know, mm. as you're photographing. Um, 
you might not have a fast enough shutter speed if you have the DSLR and you're setting those kind of things and in working with a manual mode or um, a you know shutter priority or something like that. Um, what are the other reasons? Maybe they're too dark. Maybe the light isn't you know quite right on the mm. on the dog itself. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're standing, you know, kind of over the dog and your body's casting a shadow yourself, or maybe you pick, you know, a location that's really, really heavily treed and it's a dark day and there's not a lot of available light source. Let's see what other things would I see? Um, I think probably blurry and dark are two Mm. really popular ones. Can you think of other potential things? Um, yeah, no, I was trying to think of that too. Um, I think the the other side of this is that most of us don't have DSLRs on hand and we're actually taking pictures with a smartphone. And so what what kind of principles of photography can we apply to using a smartphone to take pictures of, of our pets? Absolutely. I still think you can, I mean, as I think amazing photos can come off iPhones and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So my tips for, for using an iPhone for, or, you know, cell phone for, um, pictures would be to uh, slow down again, you know, if you're the camera shake or, you know, moving, or, you know, if you're holding a dog's leash and they're pulling or something in your hands going forward, you know, at the same time you're trying to take a portrait, it, you know, you're going to have some blur to it. Um, uh, so I would slow down, you know, get some help, maybe, you know, someone else to hold the leash or, you know, wrangle a pet in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else would be good. Oh, I would get low get on the dog's level. I don't oh. know how much other people do that, but that's huge for me. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that just... kind of changes the whole perspective too. And, uh, I, I can see how that would make some very interesting, um, uh, perspectives for photos of like, Oh, I didn't know my dog looked like that from that level or, or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> absolutely. You get to kind of see their world from their yeah. level you know, but yeah. as well, which is, can be really comical when you have tiny, tiny pups or big dogs too. It's just, a good strategy for sure get low as low as you can you know and and practice you know use different angles you don't have to i mean sometimes i do like the shots from above as well you know where they're looking right up at the camera or you know just by playing with it you can get different different angles um you know don't just to do it from your own perspective of just standing and taking one would be you know a good way to mix it up sure Uh, how do you practice taking good photos oh so if i was going to give like someone suggestions on how to do that um i would say pick an easier, you know, quotes around this, an easier pet to start with, you know, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe a a pet that's like uh, more laid back or highly trained. If you have friends that are dog trainers or, you know, maybe make a connection there to, to get, you know, work with someone who has, you know, highly trained pets, that's, that would be a great way to, to not have as much stressor on the controlling the animal. Mm. Um, the other thing I would say is to get, like I said, get help, you know, bring someone in. Um, sometimes pets do a little bit better when they're not being, um, hand, like leash isn't being held by their owner. You know, if you put the owner behind, you know, I don't know how this will all work. Cause I realized with like dog, dog walking or other businesses, you know, you might not even be with the owner, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, totally fine too. I often think they do better when they're not in the control of like the person they're most familiar with. Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we see that. We see, <laughs> I see that all the time of this dog's, you know, my dog's crazy. They go, Oh, you know, whatever. And then 30, you know, 30 minutes after they've left, the dog is asleep and we you know barely moves the rest of the time there. And they're just the most <laughs> loving laid back, no energy kind of animal. And then as soon as the owner gets in there, they go crazy and they're hyped up again. And, and yeah, it's uh, getting separating the, the animal from the owner can show you an entirely different animal than what you expect. 
Absolutely. I totally love that, that you guys ha- see that in your, in your world too. Yeah. Uh, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> definitely an interesting point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would bring you know, someone in to help, like maybe it's a friend or a fellow, um, a fellow um, dog walker or someone who else is in the industry that, in, that is familiar with pets. Cause you want to have someone that definitely has a grasp on, you know, body language and, and can be an asset to you, you know, to practice. But, mm-hmm. um, and then I just think it practice, you know, everything takes practice. So, you know, yeah. not to be too, you know, not to have, ex, you know, expect to be able to do the same things that, you know, as I do, or, you know, looking at professional portraits and thinking, you know, that's going to happen right away. Right. It just takes time. Sure. Uh, Jenna, do you have any final words of wisdom for us when it comes to taking pictures of our pet? I think I would just say, enjoy it. You know, make mm. these are, you know, working with animals is a fun thing in any, to me in any capacity and to enjoy your time with them and, and explore the world from their perspective, you know, by changing those angles and, and doing the things they love to do, you know, and yeah. make for that stuff makes for great photos. It's an enjoyable time for everyone. It's good for the pet. Um, and those are, you know, like we kind of talked about earlier, those are the kind of moments and places and time and, and things that people really look back and love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Janet, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all those great tips and, and uh, helpful pointers. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to hear all the, the forethought in planning that, go, that you go through to make those photos that makes them not just a snapshot in time, but a memory that lasts forever. Um, so how can people get in touch with you and follow along with your work? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, I am online. Um, I have social profiles on all the websites, of course, Jenna Regan photography, and then there's a lot of content and information and examples and stuff on my website, jennaregan.com. Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you again for coming on today, Jenna. Thank you for having me. It was lovely to chat with you guys. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, regardless of what you're using to take the photo, there are so many other things that you can be doing to making sure that you're taking the best quality photo that you possibly can. Jenna is a great resource. If you have any other photography-specific questions, definitely reach out to her. She would love to help. We want to once again thank Time to Pet for sponsoring this week's episode. If you have questions or maybe stories that you'd like shared on the podcast, reach out to us at feedback at petcerterconfessional.com. You can follow along and stay up to date with everything that we're doing on our website at petcerterconfessional.com and join us on social media at Petcerter Confessional on Facebook and Instagram, as well as PS Confessional on Twitter.